Yep. All right. Today, I got a very special guest joining with me, Cameron Woods, assistant coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right. So could we start off? Just tell us a little bit about your background in basketball. How did you get to this point? Yeah, so um, played high school basketball in Louisville, Kentucky, was recruited um, by a lot of schools, ended up going to Butler, played for Coach Stevens for two years, um, but stayed at Butler all four. Um, and then after college, wasn't really interested in playing basketball overseas for a variety of reasons, but mm-hmm. um, found a common interest between myself and the Oklahoma City Thunders um, G League team, the Oklahoma City Blue. Played there for two years under Mark Dagnall, um, and then was done professionally, um, or at least didn't achieve the goals that I had for myself. Um, so I started a family for a year um, and then got a call from from Coach Dagnall um, to be an assistant with the Blue. So I did that for two years, moved my family back to Oklahoma City, did that for two years. And then he got the jump to the NBA um, and brought me with him. So last year I was player development coach this year, um, was promoted to an assistant coach. So um, that's kind of my basketball journey in short. That's awesome. So how would you say then that your playing experience helps to translate to that sideline? So it's a couple of things. Um, I think one of the things that helped me get to this point from player to coach is just mm-hmm. the relationships that I formed in the building, obviously, um, and the way I carried myself throughout the building. Um, obviously, in an organization like the Thunder um, that are so detail oriented, um, I don't think there's ever a hire or any person that's brought into our environment that's that's not, you know, that's a mistake. So every there's a lot of research and background checks done. And I think I passed those as my time as a player because that obviously was not something I was thinking about while I was playing. But mm-hmm. obviously the way I conducted myself helped that. To answer your question, I think there's just an appreciation for um, what players are going through that, I, that I've had an eye for. And obviously I didn't play at the NBA level, but mm-hmm. being closer to these guys in age and kind of understanding who they are, what they're going through, what they're thinking. I think it's easy for them to sit down and have conversations with me that they may be um, aren't having with other people. That's just helpful information. And then same thing for the on-court portion, just knowing mm-hmm. or just having a feel for what these guys are thinking when they're on the floor, how to help them, how to better communicate with these guys. Um, trying to bridge a gap just between like the coaches and the players and make it a more streamlined flow of information. And it only helps them and the team. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the relationships that you built, like you said, when you were playing for the the OKC blue, but also you said you were coaching there too. So it's that whole journey from understanding every step that these players are going through and the mentality that they had and you mentioned that you're close in age with a lot of the guys that you're coaching do you think that being one of the youngest assistant coaches is an advantage or a disadvantage or could it be possibly both um it's a good question i think it's i think it's more of an advantage for a lot of reasons one just personally like just being able to learn and grow um Mm -hmm. at this point in my career um, and try to get over some hurdles that maybe I wouldn't be able to accomplish 
if I was getting into this at an older point, I think is extremely helpful. And I think it's also beneficial for the guys. Like I said, I think one of the biggest things that most people are trying to figure out across the NBA or one of the most valuable skills is just really having a good relationship with these guys. I mean, at the end of the day, um, these guys are young, especially on our team, and they're going through a lot individually, just being young NBA players trying to find their way. So I think anytime that you have someone who can, and it's not just me, our staff as a whole is great at it, but anytime you have someone who can relate to those guys to the point where they come in the building and feel like not only are we invested in them as players, but that we're invested in, in them as people, you get the mm -hmm. best version of them. So I think it's beneficial both ways. They know that they're getting the best experience possible. We know that we're maximizing um, everything that we have out of those guys as players and people. And also just, you know, in Oklahoma City, it's not a huge it's not a huge town. It's not like L.A. or big market. So mm -hmm. the more that all that stuff is streamlined and, um, we're, you know, all that stuff is equal, um, it's beneficial both ways. Yeah, and I love that you said that because one of the things we do on the show is we want to demystify professional sports, that these are people too. They're not just the athletes you see on TV. They're not these ethereal beings. They're people too. They all have their own journey, their own lives, especially uh, not just the players, also the coaches, the people on the sideline that maybe people don't hear from as often like you. So what perspective do you say that you would bring to that locker room? So our locker room? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the perspective I bring is um... – you know, similar to what we talked about before, I bring a, a, a bridged perspective from both player and coach. Mm -hmm. and I think, um, you know, this is my fourth year coaching, second year in the NBA, two years in the D League, but I also played professionally within our walls. So I think it's a unique perspective of not only a good understanding of organizationally what it is we're looking for and what we value, but also a good blend of player perspective, coach perspective, how can we make the communication between those two more intertwined and easier for everybody to understand so that we can all accomplish the same goals, which I think, again, is a little bit unique to me because of my path. But I mm -hmm. think the Thunder as a whole um, value that. So you get that a little bit from everybody on the staff. You know, our paths may be different, but we all bring that same intention with how we're communicating to the players or communicating to the staff or just even in the community or organization. So. Mm -hmm. And so with all of that being said, who do you think uh, you draw your inspiration from both in your time as a player and as a current coach, any individuals that helped you along the way, help mentor you to get to the point where you're in? Yeah, there's a lot of them. Um, I'll start obviously with my parents um, just raising me, the right way. Like I said, the thing that I don't take for granted is as a 20 something year old right out of college playing professionally with a blue, like coaching was not something I was thinking about. Mm -hmm. um, I was not walking around there like it was a job interview, but obviously my time there playing helped me get here. So it starts with them, right? Just raising me to be someone who can do that when they're not even knowing that I'm doing that, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, other that, than that, that it's a lot of coaches. Other than that, it's a lot of coaches. So, you know, I played for Coach Stevens for two years. We've had a great um, relationship since I played um, when I was there and then since I left or since he left and I graduated. So he's a big one, um, just like helping me understand um, the coaching industry. 
um, as a whole. Coach Holtman, I played for him at Butler as well. He's been a great uh, resource, great friend, great mentor. Um, and then Coach Dagnall, I mean, I, he picked me up since since college. I played for him. I've worked under him. I think very highly of him as, as a man and as a leader and as a coach. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of them out there. Ronald Norred coaches with the Pacers. He's a great friend of mine. I played with him at Butler for a year and then has just been a great resource in terms of navigating all the channels that you may or may not think come with coaching. That's just like, he's, he's seen a lot. He's done a lot. Uh, he's been a great resource as well. So a combination of all those people, I think have just continued to help guide me as I try to navigate not only my individual career goals, but also just like my growth as a coach, mm. becoming a better person and a better basketball coach. So, yeah, just listening to your story, it sounds like you've been presented a lot of opportunities, but you've also found the opportunities that weren't so obvious as well in those relationships you've been building. And I think that translates a lot more outside of basketball, too. It's not just within, you know, the the sidelines of, of the court. It's also in how you conduct yourself as a person. What do you think that perhaps our audience can draw from your experiences in their own daily lives, whether that's in basketball or, or any other industry for that matter? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the thing that people can draw from me and, you know, I tell people this all the time is just valuing relationships is huge. I think I wouldn't have got here without relationships and just being who you are, your authentic self at all points, because I think one of the things I've learned um, since I've been coaching is just there's a lot of there's a lot of like people who may, may not try to be their authentic self in order to move mm -hmm. forward um, in a, in a, in a role or in a position and that you don't have to do that to get to where you want to go. Ultimately, you know, um, I think people always will appreciate authenticity and that ultimately is all you need to get whatever you want. As long as you're being your authentic self, you'll meet more authentic people. You'll have realer, authentic relationships. And ultimately, you know, you're getting more value from that than, you know, trying to be something or someone else to get what you think you want, if that makes sense. I think for me, that's kind of been my story. You know, I was who I was as a player without really real intentions or thoughts of becoming a coach. And then I was able to start coaching. And I, my first years, I was the same age as the guys that played. I played with a lot of those guys um, when I first started coaching, but like was real and authentic with those guys and had some success. And then since I've been in the NBA, it's been the same. Like I haven't tried to change or be anything else. I think if, I think that's why I've had a little bit of success. It's just like, hey, this is kind of who I am. I'm going to work. I'm going to learn. But, you know, this is me. So, yeah. And I think that's probably really contagious, too, that when you're coming in as an assistant coach into that locker room to get the best out of all the players, that they could really feel that you are being as authentic and genuine as you could be. And on the court, you know that every player has their own unique style, the way they express themselves on the court, not just their talent and their skill, but also their personality. How are you able to draw out the authenticity in your players? Um, I think that's for, I think that's something that the organization does a really good job of personally. Like mm -hmm. the players, like I said, especially on our team are really young and 
I think some of them are trying to figure that out on their own. But I think our organization does a great job of learning who these guys are, um, showing them who we are, and allowing them to express themselves and be themselves in whatever form that they want, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing that we're all trying to achieve the same thing. We're all trying to help them do the same things. And they have the freedom to do that. So I think because of the environment that we have here, right, led by a host of people within our walls, um, the players are more open and authentic with us mm -hmm. um, than maybe they would be other places. I'm not sure. Um, but I just think organizationally, that's something that's that's been an emphasis ever since I got here. Um, and I've kind of seen that through the years. And it's just continued. You know, you come mm -hmm. in our organization, you come in our walls, we're going to get to know you. Um, we're going to be interested in who you are and, and what your interests are. And then we're going to allow you to do that and be you um, with the with the intention of, hey, we're here to work, get better, be, be good people in the community, right, and grow mm -hmm. our games on the floor or off the floor. So, yeah, and I could see that from the outside looking in um, with the emergence of so many great players who uh, your, your team is right now in this kind of rebuild phase where not a lot of national attention is on it. But if you really start digging deep, I mean, Shea Gilgis Alexander has emerged into a superstar. And in my opinion, he's the most underrated star player in the league. But hopefully he's going to start getting the attention that he deserves. In your humble opinion, where do you think he ranks amongst the NBA's elite? Uh, I mean, I think he's he's up there for sure. I think the beauty in that is, um, you know, there's so much time for him to continue to show mm -hmm. that. And I think the, the other side of that is like, you kind of said it, not a lot of national at attention. Um, I'm sure for a guy like himself, um, sometimes that may be tough when you see other mm -hmm. people in your class or in your age group getting that. But I think, again, um, I think that's also the beauty in it. Like he's such a good worker. He's such a good leader. The reps that these guys are getting right now um, is only going to help the future, right? Mm -hmm. As we continue to grow, like the reps that he's getting now as a leader um, and as someone who's drawing as much attention as he is every night is only going to continue to help him. And it's a credit to his work ethic. It's a credit to his intent. It's a credit to his humbleness that he shows up every day, puts his head down and works. Not only is he getting better, um, but he's helping everybody else. So I think he's in that upper echelon. I think everybody will see that within time, but I think he's only getting better through um, our growth as an organization, as a team. Mm -hmm. And I know one of the things that probably must have hurt a little bit was being snubbed for the all-star game. Um, what was the reaction both from him and from everybody else in the locker room? I'm sure everyone was rooting for him to get that kind of recognition, but I'm sure he'll get it in the near future. Yeah, I mean, the reaction from him and our and the team was similar, which is kind of who we are, right? We dig our feet in a little deeper mm -hmm. and we get to work, you know, like that's kind of how the organization has been. That's how Oklahoma is. I think that's mm -hmm. why the team is so well received here by the fans. I think that's why he has a good group of fans for himself. Like he puts his feet down, he mm -hmm. digs in a little deeper and we go to work. So um, I'm sure all those accolades will come for him and for others on the team and for our team as well. But I do think, like I said, I think we're getting a lot better. And I think that'll be seen within due time as well. Yeah. And so just uh, focusing in a little bit there, um, you've talked about the way that he's working, the behind the scenes, things that really only uh, people like yourself really get a chance to see. Uh, how has the energy that he puts in impacted the rest of the team and their performance? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he, like I said, the reps that he's getting now as a leader are valuable. He's played with really good players. I mean, whether it was with the Clippers or his first year here, he's played with really good players and had really good leaders on the team. And he still has some on the teams that we have now with some of the older guys. But the work that he, the, the stuff that he's doing now is contagious because of the way he's played and the way he's established himself, not only in the NBA, but on our roster. So, you know, whether it's coming in early, staying in late, he has good relationships with everybody on the team. He's grabbing guys and having them stay and shoot with him or do his routine. Um, and I think, again, uh, I don't want to sound like a broken record, <laughs> but it's like a tribute, it's a tribute to our program. And it's kind of exactly how I spoke about earlier. You know, Shea has shown us who he is. He's shown us his work ethic. He's shown us who he is as a person and as a player. And he feels like in this environment, he can come in and take on that role, knowing we're not pushing back on him. We're embracing who he is. We're embracing his leadership quality. And it's only going to help the team, right? The more he grabs guys, talks to guys, the more authentic those relationships are, right? That means when it's time to line up and play, right? These guys have a little more behind all the efforts and the plays that they're making because of not only him, but the environment that they're in, knowing Everybody who is wearing Thunder gear or everybody who helped us get here or everybody who's supporting us is all moving in the same direction. So all of that kind of sums up what you asked. Yeah, and one of the great things about that system you just talked about is that anybody could be a star on any given night. We know what SJA is going to put up, but it's the other guys. I want to highlight some of them because the the Thunder have had one of the best track records probably in the entire league for drafting players. And I'm going to start off with uh, Trey Mann. When he was drafted, he wasn't drafted to be the top of the depth chart. He was supposed to be one of those more developmental guys. It took some injuries and circumstances to get him where he is now, but now that he is in that position to play, he's putting on a show. Can you talk about what was going on behind the scenes to get ready for the workload he's putting on now? Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. Um, one, a lot of the um, a lot of that has to go to Trey. Um, just who he is as a person, as a worker. Um, but again, a lot of it's organizationally, a lot of it is kind of what goes in behind closed scenes within our walls, like you said, whether it's, you know, Trey spending some time with the Blue, our D-League program mm -hmm. early, our G-League program early, right? He played a number of games down there. Um, and again, right within our organization, our G-League program is down the street, um, five minutes away from our facility. We're very in, very much in tune with the coaching staff down there. The work that he's getting, that work that he got done in the blue was very similar to the work he was able to get in with the Thunder. He obviously was just able to get game reps early on when he wasn't getting those reps here. So some of that has to go to that. Some of it has to go to the people that are within our walls. He spent a lot of time with Shea. He spent a lot of time with our assistant coaches. He spent a lot of time with our strength staff um, getting solid reps in so that whenever an opportunity came, he would be ready. So it's a mixture of all those things. But again, it's a credit to just how our organization is structured. You talked about, um, you know, being known for developing really good players. It's because everything has a plan. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a plan for and everything that he does. And it's not just him, all our rookies, everybody on our roster, everything that they do when they come within our building is intentional. So he's gotten an intentional work across a lot of different platforms it may look like whether it's G League, our room, practices with the blue, 
our practices, high intensity work, pregame work, everything's intentional so that, you know, when it's time for him to play in a game, it doesn't feel like it's an NBA game. It feels like these are the reps I've been getting mm -hmm. and now the lights are on and, it, and, you know, that's the only difference. So. So I want to just highlight a little bit more there about the, the G League, since you have that kind of personal experience being with the Blue, both as a player and a coach, and now being a coach for the Thunder. How have you personally been able to help guide him in that journey as he's been, his role, at least in the start of the year, was kind of up in the air, bouncing between the, the professional team, and the development team back and forth? Yeah, I think it's a credit to our staff, uh, but a lot of the communication, especially with him, um, and a grin done across multiple people um, in our organization is just more educational. I mean, these mm -hmm. guys are workers, they're natural workers. You're not bringing him in here and teaching him uh, or you're not making him work. You know, mm -hmm. he's going to work on his own. I think some of it is a little bit of teaching on what is work, what is fluff, um, what is, and then just, you know, a lot of conversations, getting to know him, getting to know what drives him um and educating him on um the process and what it looks like and staying ready and getting good work in across different platforms right and then just what matters out there on the floor because i think the loud things are easy to see a scoring he's scoring the ball really well mm -hmm. right shooting it's playmaking right those things are loud but i think for the young players him and and all the young guys that we have is learning everything else because mm -hmm. You said there's going to be other good players out there with you and you may not get to wiggle as much as you want to with the ball. So how else are you contributing? Are you able to stay on the floor um, with a variety of different lineups, right? Trying to find mm -hmm. ways that he can do that offensively and defensively, you know? So it's been a, it's been a good mixture of all those things. The work is still being done. You know, he's still very young. Um, there's still a lot left that he can show a lot left to work on, but everything's done with intent. So as long as we're doing those things, um, he'll continue to get better. Yeah. And so I had the opportunity to watch you guys play um, in Miami. I was at that heat game and watching Trey man play. I couldn't help but think of Lynn sanity and that kind of come out of nowhere and just ball. But what are you guys working on to help him maintain that level of play to be the next NBA breakout star and not fade away the, that we've seen other breakout stars do? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that was great about that game in particular was uh, I think he had like 20 points in a quarter or something mm -hmm. like that. But, you know, if you go back and watch all of those points, especially from our perspective, they're all reps that he's gotten before. They're all things that we've seen before. Um, and a lot of it is a lot of improvement that he's made um, within his own game. Like those, mm -hmm. a lot of those shots may have been loud shots because they're step back threes or they're, you know, making moves off the bounce. But from our perspective, right, it's been more condensed to where like the way that he was playing, he can play that way with anybody that's on the floor. You know, I think mm -hmm. the easiest thing to do with guys like that is let them get the ball out there and just let them kind of do their thing, right? Because mm -hmm. he can do that on his own. But I think the beauty in that was like, you know, Shea was out there. He can do the same thing. Josh, if Josh would have played in that game, he could have done the same thing with Josh on the floor, right? You, regardless of who else joins the team or who's in and out of the lineup, like it's a conducive style of play to having anybody out there, right? So I'm saying all that to say, like, 
that's the improvement that we're seeing and that mm -hmm. we like seeing from him. And I think it's encouraging for our, us as a group going forward, knowing that you have a piece there that can do that regardless of who else is on the floor. It's a style conducive to winning. It's a style conducive to different type of players and different type of lineups. Mm -hmm. I mean, so what you're saying is it might be new to us, but it's not new to you and the people that get to see him train day in and day out, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's, like I said, and it's also conducive to, you know, who else is on the floor, mm -hmm. right? Like he can do that with he that performance and the shots that he got. He did that within our flow, within our offense. It wasn't the Trey Mann shows, the Oklahoma mm -hmm. City basketball team, but Trey Mann was scoring within what we were doing, which is a, which is the style that you want to have, because again, you can add players to that. You can add different type of players to that, and it's not changing his game. It's not changing how we play, right? That's within what we're doing. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And one of the guys you mentioned that currently is not able to play, uh, he's out with injury, is Josh Giddy. Uh, he was the youngest player in NBA history to record a triple-double. What was the reaction like when that happened, uh, both him and, again, in the locker room? I mean, a lot of excitement for him, right? I mean, all these guys are really close, so a lot of excitement for him individually. Um, but very similar, like excited for him, happy for him. Mm -hmm. um, some of it is like we've seen this guy do this type of stuff before and we knew he was capable of it. Mm -hmm. um, so for us, it's like not necessarily consistency. Can you get a triple double every night? But how much of that game is 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 you versus how much of it is us? And I think all of his triple doubles have been us. He's a player. That's like how he plays anyways. He's very team oriented, unselfish, mm -hmm. you know, so a lot of excitement. Um, but at the same time, right, like we said before, a lot of hey, let's get back to work, All right? Let's see how we can continue this momentum for you, um, but also for the group. Yeah, but unfortunately for him specifically, it hasn't been all uh, a easy path. He's set to miss the rest of the season with injury. That must have been a very difficult setback so early in his career. How have you guys been working with him, not just the physical uh, rehab, but also the mental grind of being able to get back to that peak shape to be able to perform at that elite level again? Yeah, I think mentally to start, I think those those are things that are done way before an injury like that ever happens. So, you know, the relationships that he has in the building, like I said, are so authentic, whether it's with mm -hmm. his individual coach or with anybody that he can talk to in the building that when something like that happens, it's not like he's going in a hole where he can't talk to anybody or he's trying to deal with those things by himself. I think his approach has been great because our approach has really stayed the same. His days when he comes in the building don't may feel different because he's not able to do some of the things that he that he's typically doing, but they do feel the same from the standpoint of the relationships, right? The conversations, mm -hmm. he knows that he can come in and really solve any issues that he's having within our walls, which is good. Um, physically, a lot of that obviously is, you know, weight room oriented or training staff oriented um, and he's progressed really well. I mean, he's, a, he's, he's moving along and trending towards having, you know, a really good summer, a really good off season. He's still able to make some improvements in his game. Um, there's a lot of optimism around him and our group um, as a result of that. That's really encouraging to hear. So as this season is winding down, um, let's look forward to the next 
generation of Thunder basketball. What would a successful season look like next year, the year after that, and so on? What, what does success look like for this organization? Yeah, I, I think success for us is continuing to have good people within our walls, continuing to have players that are interested in winning, continuing to have players who are interested in growing um, and doing things together. Um, so I think the beauty of NBA basketball in particular is you don't really know or you can't really predict what that's going to look like. That's mm -hmm. why our environment is so important because we feel like if the environment is strong and you can add any type of player or any type of person to that environment and you will get the best version out of them. So I think a lot of optimism around our building with so much uncertainty is because of that. Like we know whatever position we're in, we're going to continue to grow and get better. And with the talent that we have and the talent that I'm sure will continue to come within our building, um, things will get, will only continue to get better. So I think that's why there's so much optimism. So to answer your question, success is how strong can we keep this environment through all the obstacles that may or may not come? Because I think we've seen already, whether individually or holistically as a team, the success that we've had with the group that we've had already. And it's like, if we can keep the environment that same, the same and we continue to add, then only good things will happen. That's mm -hmm. our belief. What about for you? What does success look like for you in your personal career, growing as a, a coach, uh, perhaps, you know, looking forward into the future? What, what do you foresee uh, success looking like, let's say on a five, 10 year scale? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, it's a great question. Success for me is, you know, trying to improve in every aspect of the job. So how good are my relationships with these guys? Um, and am I able to sustain them? How real are they? You know, I think sometimes as coaches, you think relationships are one thing, but you really don't know until you know. So I think that's been one of my strengths um, is forming good relationships with them. So success for me is how good are those? And can you continue to relate to these guys as they get younger and I get older? Because I think one of the strengths now is like I'm, I'm in there with them closer to age now, but that's obviously won't be a strength in 10 years. So that's one. Um, and then I think continuing to grow in just the knowledge of the game as the game evolves, can I evolve with it? Can I evolve with it and also teach it? Can I evolve with it and also coach it and critique it and make adjustments with it? Um, you know, as someone who wants to be a head coach one day, those are all skills that you need. And then the other thing I'd say is just, you know, it's all the other things that happen behind the scenes, whether it's showing film, cutting film, um, leading a group, um, whether it's in practices or in a film session, those are important. Um, and those are skills that you'll need as you go forward. So, you know, like I said, there's a lot of unknowns. The thing that I know now is I'm in a really good spot with a really good organization that values the same things that I value. So as long as I continue to ebb and flow within what we're doing, and continue to trust what's going on within our walls that I know, you know, I've looked back at the end of each year and I've been able to confidently say, I, the group got better. The players that I work with got better. I also got better as a coach. So as I continue to do that, I think that's what success looks like for me is like continued growth, continued belief in what's going on. 
Um, and that'll only lead to good things as well. Mm. And what's some keys to growth that perhaps our audience could take away in their lives, whatever it is that they're passionate about to get better at and improve? What, what are some of those keys to growth? Optimism is a big one for me. Um, not only in the NBA, because there's 82 games and there's a lot of big ups, a lot of big downs. Mm. Optimism's huge. Just continuing to believe that what you're doing is going to lead to success. That's a huge one. Um, another one I kind of mentioned it already is just belief in what you're doing. So you can be optimistic, but if you don't really believe that what you're doing is leading you in the right direction, then it's hard to do that through ebbs and flows, ups and downs. Um, and then obviously it's the work, right? Like you got to put in work, you got to put in the time, right? And that looks different across different jobs, different backgrounds, different variables. But, you know, are you putting in as much work as you can? And is that work intentional? You know, mm. we teach that to our players. It's also valuable to coaches. Like, is it intentional work or is it just time you're spending in the office or time you're spending doing whatever? So I think it's a combination of those to start. There's obviously a lot there, but the biggest one, like I said, for me is optimism. If you have good optimism, then I think it carries you through your the low days. And I think it pushes you through the, the ones that are high and you feel really good about, you know, you're optimistic. It'll drive you a little bit more on those days and it'll pick you up when you're down. So. Yeah, I think there's a lot of takeaways. We could have um, the NBA season. Like you said, it's a marathon. It's a grind. And watching the way that everybody in that organization works and getting that insight from you is, I think, really special and beneficial to anybody that might be watching uh, in, in for themselves, too, because it is coming in every single day trying to get a little bit better. And I, what I really appreciate was your definition of success, which is you didn't mention winning games. You didn't mention winning championships or personal accolades. You mentioned improvement, personal growth and growth as a unit. And I think I really appreciate that. And I hope that the people watching will appreciate that too. But anyways, yeah, thank you so much for joining. Um, you have any final thoughts? No, I, I appreciate you having me. Um, I appreciate you um, taking the time as well. Um, so thanks. All right, I really appreciate it. And I hope you guys enjoyed watching. We'll see you next time.